I'm good. Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Hollerbach. For the second time, Jimmy Schubert, he did episode 70 in January 2013, and now episode 347. How you doing, my dude? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Great. Uh, as soon as I got word that you were being in Austin, Texas, I, I keep phone numbers for years, seven years, yeah. you know? I ring <laughs> you up, I go, hey, you need a ride to the airport? Let's go, you know? Yeah, I, I've had the same number for like uh, since I got a cell phone, which was like, I mean, I've had that same number. My number has never changed. I've never had the need to change it. I've been friends with people who have changed their numbers, uh, you know, uh, as they get opportunities in show business and decide to ditch all their friends. But I've never changed my phone number. It's uh, same, been the same for 20 years. Yeah. And I mean, there's a good and a bad because sometimes you get phone calls from exes you don't want, but also you kind of people, you get a lot of spam calls when you keep the same number. Yeah. Nobody fucks with me. And as soon as they come in, I block them. I mean, I just block them. I mean, as soon as the spam comes in, you know, I'm from Philly, you know, it's this spam scam likely I could go, that could be anybody, you know, I'm from Philly. Yeah. Yeah. That could be be my brother. (laughs) Hey, I need you to a little seed money to invest in my business, you know. You got some things going on. I want to know if you want to be a part of it, you know. The Barry and Bodies business. You want to get involved in the Barry Body business? You know, you got to be careful. Um, it's, it's so interesting because like, when you stick around, I feel like the comedy world is really small. You know, I was back in Jersey before I moved to Austin. My best friend is Danny Braff, uh, and he's posting shows with you at the Verve in Somerville. And yeah, you know, I, I, I think it is. I, I, you know, well, it's very tough to do. A lot of people think they want to do it. A lot of people think, oh, this is a great one. It's really a tough way to make a living. I mean, you know, uh, it's a very um, solitary existence. You travel by yourself. I, I mean, unless you're bringing your ex with you, then you're traveling with other people. But it, it, it can get a little, uh, it could get a little uh, lonely out there. And, and, and is that what, how you want to make a living? Jumping on airplanes and flying across the country and back and forth and crisscrossing and flying around the world. And yeah, it's fun. Uh, don't get me wrong, but also, you know, uh, some people aren't cut out for it, you know? Yeah. Um, when we were, uh, I was hosting for you on the Saturday, two shows at the Romo room, you brought a little lady around and you were like, like a little puppy dog. I don't know if I could say too much about this, but, uh, you know, you're just a little puppy dog. You know, what do you mean? <laughs> like uh, there was a little lady who come through, maybe a love. Oh, no. Yeah. She just, she just came to see my show. I mean, we were just we we're just friends. We weren't. Uh, OK. Yeah. Because I, I, I have some friends in in, in Austin that, that had come out to see my show. And and so uh, they asked me if I could get them tickets and they weren't doing anything. They had just moved there from uh, northern California. So they said, hey, I'll come up to see your show. Can I get a ticket? And I said, yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, just friends. No kind of. All right. All right. I don't I don't know nothing. I just uh, say I try to try to be give you some hospitality. That's, that was my job at the host. Um, so it's weird because I met you at Tripoli at the same month. Uh, I met Tripoli through Rick Shapiro, who I adore. Is he? Yeah, well, I, I, I really like both those guys. I like Rick and I like uh, Sam Tripoli. I mean, you know, Tripoli's as solid as they come. I love Tripoli. He's the best. Um, so, uh, you guys have always been super nice to me. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, but you know, 
what what I'm also mentioning about how it's hard to have longevity is the Roma Room was my home club. Then they had a dispute. They turned into the North Star Comedy Club, and they were in the Brass Tap. The Brass Tap didn't. The, they had their lease. Uh, they wanted to raise the rent on their lease for the next year. So then the Brass Tap goes away. So it's like not only do you have to uh, keep relationships with people all over the country. But you also like it's Game of Thrones, even the clubs, you know, come and go, you know, Cap City has been closed here. They just reopened, but then they've been moving back their date of when they will open. You know, it's like it's always a moving target. Well, you know, uh, well, especially these last two years have been difficult. I mean, you know, this business, like every business is built on relationships and you try to build those relationships with people. I mean, you know, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to make a living doing this for a long time. And, and I work with a lot of good people. And, and that's what I said to myself a long time ago. I just want to work with great people. You know, you want to work with great people in a, in a great way for, for excellent pay. And you want to just, uh, that's kind of my mantra, you know, and you go in, you're a complete professional and you're nice to everybody that works with the staff and you go in and you do your job and you're low maintenance and, uh, and, uh, you know, just try to look, it's all, look, it's, it's already tough enough, you know, stand up comedy is tough enough. Just, just, just on, you know, trying to just make a room full of people laugh, you know what I mean? And then God forbid all this other stuff comes on top of it and social media and God forbid people decide to cancel you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, what it's like, it's like walking through a minefield with clown shoes on. <laughs> you know? And I've had, I've had rough nights. I may have sent weird texts to people late at night when I was pissed off about something, you know, like, and then, you know, what if I get famous 20 years from now? And then those, those like, you know, I had a rough night. I texted someone something rude. Then those come back to haunt me later. You know what I mean? Well, well, you know, here's the thing. I don't text. I don't send rude texts. I, I just, it's just not important to me. If I, I won't send a text at all, I'll just stop communicating. I don't have, you know, that, that way we could just, we both know why, you know, yeah. I don't have to send the texts to people. If, like, you know, depending on how you treat me, you know, everybody, it's the golden rule. You always expect people to behave the way you do in certain situations, but a lot of people don't. And they're dealing with their own, fucking trauma from childhood or the trauma of everyday human existence and just trying to navigate the world like everybody. So, you know, it's a tough way to make a living in a tough field and a tough occupation. And the last two years has been especially difficult. I mean, it's, uh, it's real tough. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch. And so it's kind of like every man for himself <laughs> trying to figure it out. You know, the only thing I hold the fort, in this way, because I've been douched by so many people through doing stand up. And the one thing that drives me nuts is when people don't foster enthusiasm in beginners. I've been at an open mic with some 25 year comic who does the same jokes for the last 15 years. Um, will douche uh, open micer who they're like, oh, it's my second time up here. That's when I go nuts. That's when I send rude text. That's when I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? So, uh, you know, well, I don't want you know that. Well, you know, here's what you got to realize. That says more about them as a person than it ever will about that open micer. Look, everybody's just trying to find their way, man. Yeah. The job is tough enough without people being a fucking asshole to other people. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you run into it. My brother read this great quote the other day and he goes, I thought of you. And the quote was the true artists are always unsure of their work. Whereas self-confidence is this consolation prize given to all those that are less talented. 
anytime anybody projects shit onto your life, it means you know, that's how they feel about themselves. How they treat you is a direct reflection on how they feel about themselves. I mean, I know this, man. I like, you know, man, energy is my currency and I spend it wisely and I'm very careful who I spend time with. And if it's not, you know, I just, I just, I, I just can't, uh, you know, look, those people will have to deal with the, the decisions they make and the consequences they, they like we all will. So I'm just trying to get through it. I'm trying to enjoy my life. I'm trying to write another album. I'm trying to, you know, get to work and work on what it is that I'm doing. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I really don't. It's just about, it's like golf. I'm just competing against myself. I'm just trying to get, you know, the best version of my stand-up out there that I can. Um, you know, I've really kind of found my voice. And so that, you know, the material is flowing and I got a lot, about 30 minutes into a new album. I'm just trying to create it and keep working and doing my thing and getting on a serious XM satellite radio, maybe do another special and just try to, uh, you know, continue to do what I, what, what I love to do. And that's make people laugh. And every once in a while, I'm lucky enough, they let me audition for a TV show or a movie. And uh, sometimes I get lucky and I get the job. So, I, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got out of LA, bro. I'm done banging my head against the show business wall. I've been very fortunate and very lucky to have a good career. I've been in movies, I've been in television, I've been working at the world famous comedy store and the improv. I got to do the casinos in Vegas. I get to, you know, the laugh factory and do all those places. I'm very fortunate and I continue to make a living doing what it is that I love to do. I really don't. I mean, I got out of LA, bro. I'm, 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 you know, Why I do you hot move? Why'd you, you move I mean? to Florida? I, I moved to Texas. Why'd you move to Florida? Well, uh, my, my brother has a house here. I get to see my family more. I'm on the same coast as my family. Uh, I have friends here. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was, um, I don't know, man. It's just something about it appealed to me. It's very, there's beaches here. I'm like, you know, six minutes from the beach. I get to, uh, not that I'm a real sun worshiper, but I like to get out early in the morning and go for walks and watch the sun come up, start my day off by filling my head with beauty. Then I go to the gym, then I go to hot yoga, and I've been meditating like a fucking monk, drinking green tea, trying to enjoy, trying to enjoy my life. Man. That's what I want to do. I want to enjoy my life and get to do what it is I love to do, which is make people laugh. And beyond that, man, I got, I don't care. I don't fucking care about anything i'm done with it all really i i people want to you know i just i don't pay anything i don't watch the news i listen to music constantly i read constantly i'm not a i'm just i just kind of unplugged from society because society is losing its fucking ever loving collective mind and i'm not participating in your madness i'm not you can go fucking go be mad all by you go be mad I feel sorry for those people. Could you imagine just walking around every day looking for shit to be mad about? Not realizing your life, you're surrounded by fucking amazing fucking miracles, the beauty of life, and you're so fucking obsessed with your own bullshit. You can't even stop for a minute. Take a couple of deep breaths. Just take it fucking in, man. Take it in. Enjoy your life. Be fucking present in your moment because I tell you, you know, these last two years have been rough. I lost about 15 friends of mine. Really tough. And I just, uh, yeah, I want to enjoy my life. That's it. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not going to argue online. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do my thing. I don't, I, you know, I'm really fucking happy for, for, uh, you know, for first time in a long time. I just don't, you know, trying to, uh, just work on me, you know, do some deep work and do some uh, meditative work and some breath work and, uh, you know, and just try to, 
write and create and uh, work on some of the stuff. I'm writing a one-man show. Uh, hopefully the critics won't just be, be disappointed with the cast. <laughs> That's a joke. All right, no, but I am working on a one-man show. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, keep the uh, creative juices going. And, and, and I find it's, it's, you know, we don't have all the stress. I mean, you know, living in L.A. was, it was, it's like playing, you know, in the NFL. It's, 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 it's constant, you know, for 23 years. It was just constant out every night doing the hustle, working on your craft, taking acting classes. We're putting out albums, doing, you know, just working and working. And, it's, and, it, and I just said, so nice to have a breather, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a friend, you know, I'm from Jersey and, uh, you know, growing up uh, playing German Flash, German Spotlight, shit like that. I have some clips from Highway Diary episode 70 I want to play uh, where we were talking about old school childhoods. Um, my friend is still in L.A. I love him to death. My, my best friend in the world. He, he just had his second nose job. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? I, I, I told him, I don't want to name him, but I said, I just wish you loved you as much as I love you. Buddy. Well, like, you know, it's it. interesting. Yeah, I always said it to people, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes, you know, because, uh, but it's interesting. Uh, there's a great book by Dr. Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics and talks about, uh, you know, you can have all the fucking nose jobs you want, but if you don't fucking love yourself and you don't feel, uh, you know, look, nobody's fucking perfect, man. Nobody's perfect. And, uh, you know. I, I blame L.A. I blame L.A. L.A. Well, did you know what? I was they talking. Changed, it changed him. I was talking with my good friend, Joey Diaz. I did this podcast recently and Joey was talking about how much he loves being in, in Jersey, man. You get to, you get to establish all these friendships again, that, you know, people that you haven't seen in years. And, and he, he said, he said, man, I wish I could sue California. Cause I, how they, they, you know, they fuck up like how you think like your life should be. And it's not how it is at all. I mean, it's, I mean, man, I swear to God, when I travel now, it's like, you know, 30 minutes to Fort Lauderdale, 25 to West Palm beach. I park, I walk in through TSA, I'm on my plane. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a, a it's a, a little stress uh, free, you know? Sorry, uh, talk about a spam risk. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, so much better than. Uh, and if you're like stressed out all the time in LA, you're trying to compete, you're, you got your own. Well, you know what the thing is, man? The homeless problem. The homeless problem. The homeless problem. Oh, yeah. There is crazy. Oh, it's yeah. insane. I had 20 people living underneath the bridge, like two blocks from my house. I feel bad for those people. I don't want to have to see it every day. Now, granted, those people have mental illness, they got drug problems, whatever, but I don't want to have to see it all the time. I mean, you know, a lot of it's, you know, mental illness or whatever, but everything, I mean, look at it. It's fucking mental illness. I mean, people just living on the street in Los Angeles. It's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's that, that, you, that you can exist with all these million dollar homes and this big glitzy business and people driving Maseratis and there's homeless people all over the place. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not really, you know, that's not a society. You live in a mental institution. I and mean, yeah, the Hollywood I, elite, they rub it in your face. I just saw Cardi B on Jimmy Kimmel and she's like, she just got her second uh, Lamborghini. And then Jimmy Kimmel's like, you don't have a driver's license. You don't know how to drive. And she's like, Sal, well, uh, you know, the people at the top hoard <laughs> this stuff for no reason. And uh, they they keep on having to get the new Maserati to. I, I got I got news for you, bro. You could you could, you could have all that shit. You can have all the Maseratis you want. You can have all of it. 
you know, I'm not, I, you know, I don't care. I, I want, I want experiences in my life. I want to have great experiences. I want to have great memories and great moments with friends and loved ones and family. And, and that's what, uh, you know, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what I look for now. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of fascinated by something about your behavior when I uh, hosted for you. Um, you know, I watched you murder the first show Saturday, murder for 45 minutes. And I'm like, I'm dying laughing. And then the second show comes around, new audience shuffles through. I get up to host, bring up a couple of comics. Then it's your turn to go up and I can't find you. I just want to make sure I got eyes on you so that, you know, and I find you like between the green room and a curtain and I'm like, what's up? And you're like, I'm nervous. I'm like, you're nervous. You're, just, you're like, I got butterflies. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You've been doing this for how long? I just yeah, but it, for yeah, 45 minutes. Listen, I got news for you. That never goes away. I mean, I, you know, I've seen like, the, like the, that's that goes back to the thing. I was just telling you, true artists are always unsure of their work. Yeah. I don't ever just go assume I'm just going to go up and destroy a room full of people. I mean, it gets a little nerve wracking. I mean, I don't, I don't even think if you have a uh, if you, you feel like you're risking anything, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, it is it is a risk. I go up and work constantly working on material. I'm constantly working on new stuff. I'm trying to figure out a bunch of different things. It's a, you know, it's a, I want to do a great show. You know, it was my first time in through the Romo room, although I'm sad it's not there anymore. It was a great little gig. It was great. And, I loved and, it. Uh, I was there all know, the time. And, uh, you know, so, you know, another one bites the dust. But I'm also a freak on parking. I just go there, park in that lot, boom, walk over. You know, I, I love the creek in the cave, but it's hard to get there. It's you got it. There's a lot of, you know, there's a park in there. So, you know, um, I, <laughs> I'm just old and crotchety. I was like, where's the bucket? You know, but it's a real uh, thing. But I was uh, tired. You know, I hosted both shows Saturday. You know, I'm there four and a half hours. Uh, and I'm like, uh, you know, you want me to take you to your hotel? And I see you just like a little schoolboy running a, a car with a bunch of open micers you're like no let's go out let's hang out <laughs> like you just love being around the comics so much i was like after the shows i'm like i'm done i'm gonna go home eat and masturbate call it a night and uh yeah, well i know comics well there was yeah because i was going over to cake in the creek i haven't been to, to austin i wanted to go to the, the creek in the cave i wanted to check mm -hmm. it out i wanted to go see the vulcan uh, gas company i want to go mm -hmm. see these other clubs in in, in in Austin, I mean, next time I'll come through, I'll do one of those places. But uh, yeah, I did a I did an episode of Kill Tony while I was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Austin's got a thriving scene. They, people should be fucking excited. It's there's a lot going on in that town. There is, there is. It's really fun. I like being here. Um, it's weird what we, you said about relationships. Uh, I find that every show I've had, almost every job I've had, every girlfriend I've had has been a relationship from, oh, you know, that person with that person, but it's all social mathematics. You know, I put out uh, three standup specials in 2020 and I thought, oh, as soon as Dr. Hollywood sees this, then I'll have a gravy train. I'll be able to headline all over the country. I mean, it got a couple thousand views on YouTube. First of all, YouTube, I'm angry with this organization because they, uh, they were evaluated as being worth $170 billion. And I've put a lot of uh, money in my own personal projects. I go on YouTube, nothing. But anyway, um, uh, but I thought, you know, this, the power of the special would take me through. But again, it's, it's my Rolodex. That's it every time, you know. Have you found that? Well, I find, uh, you know, um, 
I just do albums and I do specials and I make them available to my fan base. Uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people go, I want to put it on Amazon.com and, and share an ad share revenue. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I'd rather just make it available on my website and people can rent it or they can buy it. And, uh, you know, and lots of people do. And and, and I, I sell cards after my show and that's how I promote it. And I, look, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not giving all, you know, I work hard on my stuff. I'm not giving it away for free. If you want it, you can view it. It's not much. It's three ninety nine to rent it, and it's a nine ninety nine to own it. I mean, I, I, I mean, everybody wants to give everything away. I get it. I, I, I don't. You know, I, I want to. You know, everything I do, it has value. So, I mean, sure. I, I, you know, look at guys. I know, I know some guys have done it. It's, it's awesome that they do it, and, uh, but yeah. I'm uh, I'm not uh, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> I think it's maybe it's insecurity on my part. I'm still just a palmer, palming to the top. You know, I just had to roll skate. Well, well, it is, man. It's a it's a hustle. This fucking whole business is a hustle. It's constantly a hustle. Nobody's ever happy with where they're at. Everybody like even guys you think go, wow, that guy's got a great career. He's still hustling. He's not where he wants to be. The yeah. guy who, who's doing movies wants to be doing other things. The guy who's doing sitcoms wants to be doing movies. I mean, nobody's ever really uh, happy where they're at. And you shouldn't be. You should push yourself constantly. You Sam Kennison wanted to be a rock star when he was at the height of his comedy career. So does so is Johnny Depp. So is uh, um, Keanu Reeves. Those guys started playing music. They were in fucking bands. And they got the opportunity. You know, it's like it's like that. This was like a secondary career path, as far as they were concerned. So that's what it is. I mean, I don't. You know, it is what it is. And believe me, it doesn't make a difference anyway. I mean, Hollywood will eventually cancel itself. You know, they just can't help themselves. I mean, sit back and watch. Get the popcorn and watch because they'll just continue to cancel each other and themselves until nobody gives a fuck about them anymore. And they'll they'll have run that industry into the fucking ground. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like they, like California, that's like a bread and butter industry that employed so many people and they raised the taxes so much on those businesses that it's cheaper for them to film movies and, and television shows elsewhere because it's cheaper than filming in LA. I had a friend of mine who uh, does a show that just aired uh, that they shot the entire season in Ireland. He said it was cheap. It was $6 million cheaper for them to go to Ireland, shoot the show, and fly the entire guest over so people didn't even know it was not in America. It's an Irish audience. I mean, it's insane. Like, but I mean, that's that's what people are doing. I mean, when the taxes are high like that, I mean, I don't know what to tell you that, you know, like people film 60 to 80 TV shows in Atlanta now because Atlanta has a 40% tax incentive on, on projects. I mean, you know, I'm constantly, you know, shoot, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. I'll be there in an hour. You know what I mean? A lot of TV shows. I mean, yeah. I just adapt i just try to figure out what the trends are what i want to do what's going on and how do i connect it with these communities i've kind of a, came down here i've established myself down here now and so there's a lot of opportunities for corporate and uh, country club work and, and this that and the other thing but you know i just did the delray arts garage palm beach kennel club which is a casino and a poker room that has an entertainment division they're trying to break into a comedy series so yeah i'm trying to you know get out there you know the improvs would be great but uh you know, I'm working on trying to get a date with them. So we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, it's not going to stop me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let people's, I don't need anybody's approval to do what I've done. I've been doing this a long time. I'm fucking hilarious. I'm a good, I'm good, at what, I'm good at what I do. 
So I'm not going to let somebody else put value on what I do. I know what it's worth. I'm, I'm just not going to allow you allow people to fucking put value on me. Like, what do you? Uh, just because you don't like? I mean, most of these talent coordinators are 26 year old women now. That, that's that's that. Those are the gatekeepers. I saw a great tweet by one of the new kids in the hall who said uh, the fans are digging what we do. He goes, the comedy audiences aren't ageists. You know, yeah. he said, it's all the gatekeepers in Hollywood that are. And, but the people that, if you're making people laugh, they don't give a fuck how old you are, you know, or how long, you know, what matters is how good you are. That's what it is. So, And, and Netflix can't hold to their own standard. I mean, they lost a 40% uh, of their value last month. Yeah, they, so, they, so did they, Disney. Yeah. So, like these people can't fucking help themselves. I swear to you. I don't have an MBA, but I got to tell you, this, this this is stupid. You watch these behavior, these people's behavior. They cut off their nose to spite their face. I mean, look, it's, I know it's pride and all that stuff, and hey, but I think that, uh, you know, you're talking about 3% of the population. You're catering a whole month to 3% of the population. When I say 3%, I'm being extremely generous. So you fuck off everybody up. You tell the other 97% to go fuck off. And then, get, I mean, it, it's a recipe for disaster. I yeah. mean, you know, I I, I I don't understand why, like, it, like why is it got to be one or the other? I mean, can't we just, you know, it's kind of like that all year round. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have any hate in my heart, but I know, you know, it, it, it's just weird when you're, you're trying to jam it down people's throats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It, it seems like uh, they lost yeah, Netflix lost 40% of their value. They're virtue signaling about canceling comedians. Uh, and then they put out cuties. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? And, what is and, that? And also look at Disney, the same thing. I mean, Disney yeah. lost $3 billion in fucking shares because a lot of people canceled their trip to Disney. A lot of people canceled Disney Plus. A lot of, you know, people sold. I mean, the share value went down on that. I mean, you talk about mismanaging. These are the fucking people you're going to fucking bonus at the end of the year. You, I mean, it's just not good business. Yeah. I mean, how much, like, you know, it's just not good business. I mean, you're, you're I mean, it's, but you know, the funny thing is, it's how, I mean, look, first off, we're all getting fucking played. That's what's happening. We're all getting played. We're all getting played. You know, people think one side's better than the other in this country. I got news for you. No, they're not. They're both fucking corrupt, fucking slimy. They're, they're the low the used car salesman. My great, my favorite government conspiracy is the one where people think the government actually gives a fuck about it. I mean, I'm sorry. You're an idiot if you think one side's better than the other. You've been played. You're easily manipulated by these things that the mass media throws out. You know, it's interesting. It's like how, what the, the stories the media covers and the story that they don't. It's very, it's, it's lying by omission. And mm -hmm. if you pay, then you're getting, you're getting manipulated. You're getting played. You're getting played. And I just refuse to, to get involved. I'm just going to worry about me and my little slice of the world. And I mean, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. Once like, it's, it's almost like they're, you know, they're playing two sides to the middle and people are caught in between. And, you know, people are, see a story. And, it, and the, the fact is, it's not the fucking story at, at all. I was like, you know, they said the don't say gay bill. That's not what the bill said. The bill said that you shouldn't talk to kindergartners through third grade guard, through third graders about their sexual orientation. I don't know about you, but I was in the third grade. I wasn't thinking about becoming a girl. I was thinking about fucking candy. All right. I was thinking about candy. I was thinking about 
you know, fucking uh, coloring. I was thinking about doing fun stuff. I was thinking about, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. And, you know, these people think that, you know, you, you know it's, it's not normal, man. It's not normal. I mean, I was in the creek uh, catching crayfish. I don't know. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I'm just saying, I, I mean, it, it, it's just people are being manipulated. And I, I just refuse to participate anymore. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do commentary on it, but I'm not getting involved in it by any stretch of the imagination. Besides that, I've been listening to great music and finding some cool old music, some new music. I've been writing, working on my shows. I've been doing, the, you know, trying to put together the show and I'm writing comedy for a new album. And I just, I just, uh, I mean, this is where I'm at. I mean, I don't even watch the news anymore because I'm just tired of being lied to. Yeah. It's like going back in a relationship with somebody who's very abusive. They lie to you and they give you misinformation and, and, they, and they lie to you by omission. And it's just, yeah, I'm done. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, monkey box, monkey box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. I don't believe you anymore. Do you? I don't even think they're fucking smart enough to realize the damage they've done. You only see this arrogance. It's very interesting. You see this arrogance where when you don't know something and you think you know it, that's a special kind of arrogance. Like most of the people in politics started all these fucking problems we're having in society. You, you actually created the problem. So don't, you'll excuse me if I don't trust you to fix the fucking problem. Yeah. And I, I feel mean, like they gain a function, the narrative with their lies and then they get caught and then they just change the news cycle. Like, well, you know, it's in, you know, you know, it's interesting. I just, I, I mean, I, I love because it's real easy for me to distinguish who I want in my life and who I don't. I don't want to be surrounded by critical thinkers. All right. I don't want to be followed by, uh, you know, sheep. I don't want to, I want people walking around reciting and uh, talking, uh, talking to other people's, uh, you know, talking about the bullet points on either one side or the other. I don't fucking care. None of it's going to change your life. You know, the problem is the system is broken. The system's fucking broken. And until the system gets fixed, it's just going to be more corruption and more crime. These, the only thing these people give a fuck about is making themselves richer. So when they get out of office, and at your expense, usually these they jump up on and like you like, these people get sell you out for a fucking nickel, and sell their own fucking moms out for a nickel. They're very ambitious. And every president but, built a library for a slush fund to give you know the next Hunter Biden crack money. You know, it's just uh, we're all just being yeah. And, and so yeah, so I'm done. I'm done. But anyway, uh, but uh, yeah. I, you can see, you know, it's crazy. And if you get caught up in it, I, I'm worried about, I want to take care of my mental well-being. More importantly, my mental well-being is, yeah. uh, of, of, is a priority to me. I just don't want to be, to, to, to allow anybody to trigger me. I don't, you know, most of the stuff doesn't affect me anyway. And I don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't, well, what do you think? No, I don't, I'm not playing your game. I'm not playing your game. Talking to my guy, all wrong. Do it again. Stab me in the neck with a soldering iron. No, I just don't. I, I'm just. Uh, I'm just. I'm done playing. You know what happens is, I think what it is, it's. Um, you know those dogs. Well, in Florida, they used to have dog tracks. These dogs, these greyhound dogs, would run. Right. And get them started was this electrical rabbit on this rail that would just take off, and the dogs would chase that rabbit. Some of the dogs actually caught the rabbit. What happens when they catch that rabbit is they no longer run again. They have to be retired from racing. And usually uh, they put them down, although people have started a greyhound adoption thing. So people adopt these dogs and they're great dogs and people should adopt them. But once they catch that rabbit, they never run again. 
And uh, that can happen uh, to human beings, really, because you realize it's just a it's just a game. I'm not getting I'm not getting angry with people. I'm just gonna I want to be happy, man. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what time I have left in my life. I want to play golf. I want to go to the beach. I want to meditate. I want to do breathe. I, you know, I want to work out at the gym. I just want to cook great food. I want to do something I love to do for a living. I want to do albums and and, and stuff like that. I, I don't. Everything else is just fucking bullshit. Everything else is just a distraction. Well, that's beautiful uh, statement. I want you don't you don't. Uh, I should well, be I should be a fucking life coach. Hey, you're my life coach, and I got you for free here. I, I love it. Um, I uh, you don't buy the hype. You don't you know catch up with all the mookaloops. You know you uh, your dad showed you some things. Uh, I'm gonna play this clip here. This is from Highway Diary episode seventy in January 2014. Cool. You know, dad is a cop. You can see crime scene photos on the kitchen table. You know what people are capable of. It gives you kind of an insight into, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, just what, uh, you know, invaluable education for sure. So your dad would come home from being a detective. He'd be working on a case and put on the kitchen room, the kitchen table, horrible crime scene photos. Oh, no, he was exhausted. What happened was my dad had six kids, six boys. Uh, he just worked at probably a 12-hour shift and, and usually some horrible fucking shit. He would just come home exhausted. And the problem is that they have to get up, you know, you know, have to get up in the morning early. And, uh, you know, he just he just put the file down. Didn't mean for it to fall out. But, yeah, we wasn't showing it to us on purpose. But we're kids. We got curious. We looked. What was the weird? Do you remember being traumatized from seeing some crime scene photos? No, no. Because, you know, I'm fascinated by that stuff. I really am. I, I watch the ID channel. I, I find it, I find all the forensics and all that stuff. I, I find it fascinating. I'm, I mean, seriously, I love watching those shows and the and the stuff they come up with. I mean, they can solve a crime based on a letter someone sent with a uh, based on the color of ink in a pen, and they found the pen that somebody had. I mean. Like insane, like just like wow. Um, I did a bit about it, but um, yeah, I don't watch it before bed, but I, I do like those shows. I like to see, you know, because you because I love that people think they're gonna get away with it. Like, people think they're gonna get away. With it. I used to stand, I used to watch my dad in action. They don't, they're like pit bulls, they gotta they get, they get on to something and they just don't let it go. You know, my dad was actually a good cop, he was one of the good guys, he was a uh, you know, he used to help a lot of neighborhood kids, but he also cared about solving crimes and, and, and helping people out. So, yeah, but, you know, the world's a horrible place filled with horrible people to do horrible things to each other all the time. To answer your question, one of the most horrible things I saw was a, a guy committed suicide with a shotgun. Oh. And I like, like, he put the gun in his mouth, so the top of his head, it was just his lower jaw portion. I was like, uh, ouch. Uh, <laughs> ouchie. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, I'm always fascinated by cults. Uh, I love cults. And I, yeah. I also don't want to get into pyramid schemes when it comes to comedy, you know? So <clears throat> I think watching documentaries, reading books about Scientology and, and Jonestown has kept me, uh, you know, around certain business uh, decisions that could have been not beneficial for me. So you know, it's there's a lot of people that want to do this as a dream and they're willing to, you know, make not good decisions for it. Um, by the way, in three minutes, we got to um, we, we can keep going, but I got to render the clip. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, cults is, is my favorite 
thing. Like L. Ron well, Hubbard, he pretty, died in the eighties. He's still going Scientology. Yeah, well, you know, people are looking. I mean, people are looking for, um, looking for something to fill them up. All the answers they need are right inside of them. You know, there's so much history and 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 information inside your own body uh, that it, it's mind blowing. Your body has all this. You know, you know, people are constantly looking outside of themselves for answers. I think the best thing you can do is is go inside. If you're looking for the those kinds of answers, and so you know, I, I think that you can. And, and a lot of people believe what they want to believe. I happen to be a believer myself. I was I was raised as a Catholic. Uh, I believe in uh, I believe in God. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a I'm not a guy who goes to church, but I do say my rosary. I do work on my relationship with God, and that's just my thing. I don't walk around quoting scriptures. I don't walk around putting anybody's, it's my thing. It's my own personal thing. I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. I'm not trying to jam it down your throat. It's just for me and it works for me. So you got to find something that works for you and whatever that is. I mean, you know, there's a great thing if I, if I can read this to you. And, uh, and then after that, I have to get going myself cause I have some things coming. But, uh, 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 it said when Einstein, uh, Albert Einstein, well, he said when uh, he gave lectures at U.S. universities, the, recur the recurring question that students asked him most was, do you believe in God? And he always answered, I believe in the God of Spinoza. Baruch de Spinoza was a Dutch philosopher, considered one of the great rationalists of the 17th century philosophy, along with Descartes. Spinoza. Uh, he would say, God would say, stop praying. What I want you to do is get out into the world and enjoy life. I want you to sing. I want you to have fun and enjoy everything I've made for you. Stop going into those dark, cold temples that you've built for yourselves, saying to my house, my house is the mountains and the woods, the rivers, the lakes, the beaches. That's where I live. And that's where I express my love for you. Stop blaming me for your miserable life. I never told you there was anything wrong with you or that you were a sinner or that your sexuality was a bad thing. Sex is a gift. I've given it to you in which you can express your love, your ecstasy, your joy. So don't blame me for everything they made you believe. Stop reading alleged sacred scriptures that have nothing to do with me. If you can't read me in a sunrise, in a landscape, in the looks of your friends, in your son's eyes, you will find me in no book. Stop asking me. Will you tell me how to do my job? Stop being so scared of me. I do not judge you or criticize you nor get angry or bothered. I'm pure love. Stop asking for forgiveness. There's nothing to forgive. If I made you, I filled you with passion, limitations, pleasures, feelings, need, inconsistencies, free will. How can I blame you if you how can I how can I blame you? How can I punish you for being the way you are? If I'm the one who made you, do you think I create a place and burn all my children and behave badly for the rest of eternity? What kind of God would I be? Respect your peers. Don't do what you you don't want. Respect your peers. Don't do what you don't want for yourself. All I ask is that you pay attention in your life. That alertness is your guide. My beloved, this life is not a test nor a step on the way, not a rehearsal nor a prelude to a paradise. The life is the only thing there is and now. And it's all you need. I have set 
you absolutely free. No pieces or punishments, no sins, no virtues, no one carries a marker, no one keeps a record. You absolutely free to create your life, heaven or hell. I can't tell you if there is anything after this life, but I can give you a tip. Life as there is not. Live as there is not, as if this is your only chance to enjoy, to love, and to exist. So if there's nothing after, then you will be, have enjoyed the opportunity I gave you, and there is, the rest assured that I won't ask you to behave right or wrong. Last, did you like it? Did you have fun? Did you enjoy the, what did you enjoy the most, and what did you learn? Stop believing in me. Believing is assuming, guessing, imagining. I don't want you to believe in me. I want you to believe in you. I want you to feel me when you kiss your beloved, when you tuck your little girl in at night, when you caress your dog, when you bathe in the sea. Stop praising me. What kind of egomaniac God do you think I am? I'm bored being praised. I'm tired of being thanked, feeling grateful. Prove it to me by taking care of yourself, your health, your relationships, the world, express your joy. That's the way to praise me. Stop complicating things and repeating as a parakeet what you've been taught about me, what you do need more miracles for, so many, so many explanations. The only thing for sure is that you are here, you're alive, and this world is full of wonder, and you should live it like there is. And that was Spinoza. That was his, that was his thing. That was, but I think that's a great way to live your life. It's a great way to live your life, man. And so that's what uh, I choose to believe. I, I don't think it's, I think organized religion fucked everything up, to tell you the truth. But anyway, so I'm a spiritual guy. I work on me. I work on my consciousness. And uh, anyway, I got to get going. Eric, thank you very much. I thank you, go Jimmy Schubert. Yeah, I got to do some stuff. So Okay, well, I got go plugs, some plugs for you. Uh, June 25th at 7.30, you'll be at the Carlson in Rochester, New York. Go to jimmyschubert.com for details. Yeah. Uh, we got a sponsor. Yeah, December 18th, I'll be in Aurora, Colorado, just outside Denver. Uh, all my web, all my site, uh, all the stuff will be on my social media, my websites. Go to jimmyschubert.com. It's Schubert, S-H-U-B-E-R-T. And from there, you can find all my social media. And I'm constantly post, posting about upcoming shows and everything. If you want to get my new special, Zero Tolerance, you can rent it for $3.99. You can own it for $9.99. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you again, Eric. Have a blessed day, my brother. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Jimmy Schubert. Peace out. Peace out. Um, you can click uh, Leave Room. I think that's the best way to do it. I'm going to stay on. Yeah. So, um, Guys, Jimmy Schubert's the best. I mean, I hosted from two shows on Saturday. He did like half new material for the second show. He had me dying, nice to everybody, tipped everybody out. Uh, he's, he's the best. Um, I want to play two more clips here. I, I, did, I only had him for a limited amount of time, but I want to play a couple more clips here. This advice he gave me in January 2014 uh, informs uh, how I so I went to grad school and after grad school I filmed my own special and it was largely because of this piece of advice so I just want to play this this is a uh, how he made his special from 2007 called Alive and Kickin Jimmy Schubert made a special before Zero Tolerance called Alive and Kickin um, in 2007 and this is me talking to him about how that was made okay I'm sure I do it yeah man you got a special out Alive and Kickin uh, it's a, it starts with a short film, uh, and then you know it goes into your stand up. But it was yeah. the short film was directed by a guy called Michael. Michael Cal Calvio. Well, no, you know, here, here's what happened. I wrote it. I wrote it. We we put it together. And the idea was that I, I had this idea for an opening that I thought was great, mm -hmm. and it's you know kind of opens up with a funeral and it's based on that. 
you know, dying is easy, comedy is hard. So we did that. And um, the idea I had, I needed somebody who knew how to get shots, who had to execute. I mean, and I wrote I, it. I think that's great. Like, you're not a control freak. You know, you're like, hey, look, I know what I'm good at. I'm good yeah. At and, and, and Mike did a great job with it. At the end of, you know, we, we run up in it. It was edited by my buddy Claude Shires. I mean, I had a lot of help with it. And I had, you know, Billy Gardell with it from Mike and Molly, Gary Valentine, McCain Creens, and Joey Diaz with it from Rudge Match. And, Longest yard, and some other people. So I had some of my uh, successful friends come out and 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 were willing to give me a couple of days of their time and work with it and put it together. And I, I thought it turned out really good. I thought it's a really interesting yeah. way to open a comedy special, and uh, it's funny. It's another way of being funny, and, I, and, I, and those guys murdered it. And then you follow it with like a one-hour special. Which, well, yeah, I think it's kind of like. And I, I literally I wrote it, produced it, and, and edited it. My, Myself with the, with the help of some friends, and that literally from the ground up, that's my idea that I was able to execute. And the overall goal, and what I was trying to do, was produce an hour of uh, quality television. And I was trying to produce my own idea. And you know, it's a that was a great thing. And it was a conversation between Seinfeld and Letterman. When Seinfeld was doing Seinfeld, he said, "I'd rather be." Uh, you know, I'd rather fail doing something I'd love to do than be successful doing something I hated. And that, and that was my idea, my concept. And it was a big thing for me. I wanted to see it through. We typed an hour special in the bag of it. I had to shoot the special three times because it wasn't what I wanted. I finally got what I wanted. And we were able to turn it out and finally after spending a, a significant amount of my own money to do it. And now it's, you know, it's, uh, it's up on iTunes. People get it uh, Jimmy Sugar or, you know, it's got a, a bonus CD in it. And, and some other stuff. So, yeah, it was a labor of love. It took me about two years, but I, I got it done and it proved to me that I could do it. Conspiracies and dick jokes, fart porn and beer halls, it's a medical device. It took two years. They all start with short films. Um, it Jimmy shot Zero uh, Alive and Kicking in three shows because it wasn't what he wanted. I did uh, a tour because uh, also, I, you know, as a feature act, I could only get like little seven minute guest spots or whatever on a lot of these shows as I drove across the country. So I had to like go, go this seven minutes is this chunk, this five minutes. I only I bombed two minutes. I did good on this three minutes. Let's put that in, you know, but uh, the way he did it, his tenacity, um, uh, this Alive and Kicking had a big influence on conspiracies and dick jokes. And also, um, the other one I modeled was Roadwork from David Tell. So you put those two together, and then you got uh, how I did my special. So, again, a huge influence on me. Uh, Jimmy Schubert's been a great mentor to me. Uh, maybe one time he talked me off the ledge. Um, but uh, love this dude. So, um, anyway, again, jimmyschubert.com, S-H-U-B-E-R-T. We have a sponsor for the program, ACBD Remedy. Use promo code ERIC at acbdremedy.com for 20% off your order. I never go to sleep without having a little dropper of uh, pain and inflammation. This, it knocks me right out. I have a little dropper, like a little water after I brush my teeth, but under my tongue, boom. Great sleepy times, great dreamy dreams. If you want, if you're interested in that. Also, some, you can even uh, rub it on your skin if you have like a little uh, kind of dermatological issue or something like that, a little dry skin or like an achy joint, I swear by full spectrum CBD oil, particularly a CBD remedy. All their testing is on their website. There's a, if you go to aircollarbach.com, uh, click on a CBD remedy, you'll see all this brochures and testing that they do in independent labs. Um, they even found that 
their distillate, some of their concentrate wasn't to the percentage that it came in the package on because they did so much independent testing that they even went back to their vendors. And so their, their quality control at CBD Remedy, I can vouch for firsthand. Um, again, anyway, uh, zero tolerance, alive and kick in. Check out Jimmy Schubert. Go see him live. He is so funny. It, it's, it's unbelievable how good this guy is. Um, and he's one of the good ones. Okay, that's it for Highway Diary, episode 347 with my personal friend, my good buddy, uh, my mentor, Jimmy Schubert. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.